Bluff City Media presents the Two Buck Sports Show. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, Drew Gann and Rusty Witten. Now, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Two Bucks Sports Show. I am your co-host, Rusty Buckets, coming to you, Uncle Buck, on a night that if you're a fan of an NBA team, this is an important day. There was a lot of happenings today, and depending on your perspective, you know, the Grizz made some moves. It may not have been what you thought. Uh, but I, for one, am pretty pretty pleased with how today went. We'll get all that here in a minute. But welcome in, Uncle Buck. How are you tonight, sir? Man, I am just – I'm good, all things considered. And those things considered are uh, – my toilets wouldn't flush tonight. That's why we're a little later getting started. It's not my oh. beef of the week. There's a bigger beef here. But a city, city uh, gas and water and sewer, you know – you're at the mercy of your neighbors here and often uh, <laughs> pipes that were laid in like the 1930s. And so yeah. uh, it's just been a night here. I was underneath the sink at my neighbor's house the first time you text me trying to help them. And I get a call from my wife saying, uh, it looks like the bathtub is full of poop while I'm trying to give our daughter a bath. So I was oh, told no. my neighbor, I was like, ah. You're on your own. Got to go. <laughs> uh, luckily, it's a 30 minute fix, and it was not full of poop. Um, and it was just dirty, ripply water that wouldn't go down the drain. <laughs> so, I mean, we grew up on Kasuth water, so it can't be uh, that bad. You know, growing up on Kasuth water, they used to tell us, they were like, yeah, the pipes are rusted. We know that, but we're not going to fix them until they break completely. Right. So you just had to deal with it. Yeah, and, and so, it would stain your white shirts a little bit red, oh, yeah. and your washing machines and, and bathtubs would have a little red ring in them. But you know what? It's it's our it's our home. It's what we love. <laughs> so when Haley and I first got married, the house that we were renting had a very small washing machine, and so my aunt had got us this pretty white comforter and sheet set for a wedding gift, and we took them to my grandma's house to wash them because he had a big washing machine that can handle a queen size comforter, mm-hmm. and got that sucker out of there and it was just as brown as could be it, <laughs> a pipe had burst like mid wash uh-huh. and it was like just the most copper colored stain <laughs> it was awful we could not bleach it out but this is not a a uh water department complaint hotline this is right. the two buck sports show and uh all things considered man it has been a good week the weather has been great it's been beautiful outside it's my favorite time of year to where it's like hoodie weather because you mm-hmm. always can shed a hoodie. You got a t-shirt underneath it. It's great. Uh, it's my mm-hmm. favorite time of year. Um, and so, yeah, all things considered, man, it is really, it's been a really good week here in North Mississippi. Uh, and so, yeah, let's just get right into it. I've, I have complained already and I have been positive already, but we are going to get to our official two buck sports shows best and B for the week. So Rusty, tell us your best. Cause you hinted at it last week's show. Uh, just tell everybody the big news this week. Yeah, so there will always be the first first lady of the Two Bucks Sports Show. That's one Miss Haley Gann, uh, mm-hmm. my esteemed colleague's better half. And better. we now, na- yeah, much better half. We now officially have a second first lady of the Two Bucks Sports Show. And if you follow me on social media, you saw the the hard launch this week. We have a new pup here in the house on Elm Street. Uh, one Shelby, a Doberman named after Shelby County, where our Memphis Grizzlies reside and play basketball. And so, you know, Drew, it's been a rough start to the year. And I just got tired of coming home to a quiet house and kind of got into the 
a funk and was like, you know what? I think something like a companion, a four-legged companion would help break me out of this. And so I kind of started looking and shout out to Heath Wood of Corinth, Mississippi. He had some Doberman puppies that he was looking to, to move. And so uh, I just happened to stumble into it, taking my brother some food up at basketball practice. And he asked Heath, how many dogs you got left? And Clark didn't know I was looking. And he said, I got six and I can't get rid of them. And I remembered on Facebook seeing he had Dobermans, and that's what I was looking right. for. And so I said, Heath, because uh, I've had Dobermans in the past, I said, Heath, what kind of dogs you got again? He said, Dobermans, you want one? I said, actually, I do. And I so do. he uh, he introduced me to to who what became Miss Shelby, and we hit it off. And I was like, I, I'm not ready. I can't take her home today. I've got because she was ready to come home. Right. And so uh, I was like, I got nothing. So I spent the next day spending all the monies on supplies and kennels and pads and collars and leashes and crap right. that I, you know, needed for her. And so she came home this past Saturday and she's been a great dog so far. Potty training's going well. She's letting me sleep through the night. Last night was our first kind of rough night where she kept me up for a little while. Right. Um, all in all though, I mean, she went to work with me all day today and it just napped and I was so jealous. I'm over here just slaving away and she's know, just right? napping on the floor. Um, you know, I can, but yeah, uh, I can- I can tell you, living alone, it can be the best thing or the worst thing. Sure. Because one, you can do whatever you want to, but if you're not in a very good headspace and mm-hmm. you've got things that plague you mentally and emotionally, then going home sitting by yourself is not where you're at. And I've been there yeah. in college. There were things that I just I didn't want to keep doing anymore, but I was home yeah. alone. And so, uh, yeah, a dog is a great companion. And dogs are also great when you have children. Uh, mm-hmm. We got our first family dog. Uh, after we had kids, after we'd had Jenny. And so I, he's going on two years old now. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing mm-hmm. like having a dog with kids. And so yeah. uh, highly recommend 10 out of 10. Well, I want to stick to just a dog for now. We ain't trying to have no yeah. kids. No, I, <laughs> um, there's a, there's a Michael Jordan quote in there right now, but I'm going to leave that alone yeah, and yeah, uh, just stick with the dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've including Ted, I will have five children here within the next month we're in the short rows here in terms of Haley's pregnancy and so i've told rusty we had a long conversation yesterday i said hey if she goes into labor and i have to miss a show you need to be ready and have have some guns ready to fill my role because you know it's big shoes we realize that i was about to say there's no replacing uh (laughs) uncle buck on this show but we're gonna try (laughs) yeah so uh depending on the time of week in which my son decides to come you may miss me for a week, but hopefully, in that case, it would just be one week. I mean, all I'm saying is most hospitals have a guest Wi-Fi, and if Haley can just keep it down, we might make We've it work. We joked about that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> honey, can you keep it down so I can podcast? You know, <laughs> we could have waited. You know, you could have had this baby tomorrow, but no. You're the one who yeah. decided to have it on a Thursday, and you know we're yeah. busy on Thursday. <laughs> Every Thursday night, baby. Set your watch by. So. That's it. It, it. This ain't a surprise. <laughs> right. So, uh, But yeah, so... Uh, special guests coming later in the show as well. In our third segment, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. So we'll have a special guest join in, and uh, we may have hinted at it already. But, uh, yeah, so my best of the week is this is, you know, Christmas time as a kid is always great. It's what you look forward to every year. Well, this time of year is Christmas time for adults. And that's because due February 1st was everybody's W-2. Mm-hmm. And my mother is an accountant. And so <laughs> I already know how much money Uncle Sam's giving back to us. And let me tell you, it is Christmas morning. <laughs> you know, my dad I always had this thing. It was like, ah, 
I'd rather just keep the money that's on my check. You know, don't take out more than what you need to and give me a refund later. Just give it to me up front. And I'm very much the opposite. Like, hey, I give me a lump sum once a year and be great. <laughs> so uh, we live on what my checks are now. So anything that can come to me in a lump sum in the middle of February every year, um, I could really use it. <laughs> so, uh, exactly. Yeah. Having a, a accountant in-house is great, too. Rusty, I think you've you visited my mother a few times. She has taken uh, very good care of me over the years. I'm just going to tell you that uh, two things with my mother is she will not bend the rules mm-hmm. and she does not charge her children. So <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. She was very kind to me in what she charged me compared to what I've been paying in South Carolina is all I'll say. So, yeah. So, uh, all right, Rusty, hit me with your beef of the week. So, Uncle Buck, I am a native son of the great state of Mississippi. I spent all my formative years in South Central and Northeast Mississippi, uh, my grandfather's cattle farm, and in the hills of North Mississippi. I'm you proud know, to call real them. quick. Do you know how you can tell somebody's from Mississippi? The way we pronounce it. <laughs> you leave I get that all the time. All together. That's it. That's it. I get that all the time. Uh, I, I, yeah, I get that all the time. Anyway, um, native son of the great state of Mississippi. You know, born and raised here. Uh, proud to be a, a son of the Deep South. Right. I spent most of my childhood operating at about 40% nasal capacity because of the allergies that happened right. down here in the yeah. South, right? I moved to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and for six years, I did not take the first allergy pill. It was wonderful. They just like oh, hit yeah. reset, and I could breathe. I was operating at least 90 95%. I've been back two months. <laughs> And I can't eyes. breathe out my nose. I've been sneezing. I saw, I, I, I retweeted something I saw earlier. I said, if you sneeze four times in a row, you just clout chasing. And I said, <laughs> I, I feel personally attacked as allergy right. season has come early. I've been blowing my nose. I can't breathe. My head is stuffy. I'm sitting here angry at the world just because like, you're not sick, but you don't feel good. And you're just stuffy. And I'm like, right. I got back on my allergy pills. Cause I was, you know, just trying to be, an adult and not take them, I guess, and uh, mistakes were made. So my beef right. of the week is allergy season is coming early here in Martin, Tennessee, and we're back operating at about 50% nasal capacity. And I'm annoyed. You know, <laughs> I do not remember as a kid ever having problems with allergies. Never. Oh, I awful. mean, we grew awful. up outside. I grew up, like you said, on a cattle pasture where we ran and we were outside barefoot 20 hours a day, it seemed like. Right. And I never remember having allergies until I turned like 25. And now, you know, in March every year, it's coming up pretty quick. <laughs> One day you'll just wake up and all the white vehicles in town are green. And it's just like yep. the pollen has descended all at one time. And yeah. you can drive down the road and there will be like a wake of pollen behind mm-hmm. vehicles. It's awful. Mm-hmm. And that week can, is awful. I can remember being a kid. Or my birthday falls in March. Um, and I can remember being at my grandfather's farm for spring break, break fishing and standing on the, on the bank and having a good time and it feels beautiful outside and the wind kicks up and all of a sudden out of the tree in front of me, this giant yellow cloud comes out and just wafts over me. And I remember oh, thinking yeah. this ain't going to be well, good. There goes my and day. I, I woke up the next morning. <laughs> I couldn't see, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't put my contacts in for like a week and a half. And oh, like, it's the worst. Mine, there's my got there's no worse feeling than when yeah. your eyes are crusted shut when you wake up yes. in the morning. And you just like one note, you don't know which nostrils working, but neither of them are working that great. Got all, all that right. post nasal drip. You sound like bare wide. It's just like, 
That's just dumb. <laughs> right. It's dumb. Oh, it's coming. And I don't know what and happened. And it's already here. Yeah. It's already uh, here. <laughs> I'm just, I'm ready for all of it to hit the ground. And I hope the night that it all hits the ground, there is an absolute gully washer. I mean. And just <laughs> puts all that pollen straight down the, the drains That's in here sick. in the city of Ripley. Yeah. So, uh, my beef of the week is, Rusty, we lost another good one. Um. TK, our man Toby Keith. Yeah. Hats, hats, hats off, off to TK. Uh one we used to joke uh growing up and playing rock and roll music that Toby Keith was the greatest American to ever live. Right. He's <laughs> like putting he boots in places, right? <laughs> and now and before anybody cancels us like 2020 just got everybody into their political feelings and he right. decided to to really go off and be super polarizing figure and i don't agree with that just because i don't believe that anybody political views are private and we don't talk about on this show and i just appreciate everybody just keep them to themselves so i'll just Mm -hmm. preface that but pre-2020 like there was not a more beloved country figure from our youth there he was Mm -hmm. the first one that i felt like grew up with me like i he started when i was a kid and he quit when i got to be an adult he had hit after hit and he was like the ultimate bar song guy oh he yeah the ultimate feel-good guy uh songs like i love this bar and you know even the silly ones like red solo cup i mean he always had the song track for mississippi it seemed like yeah. he was a southern he was from oklahoma he kind of fell in line with the uh, blake shelton and garth brooks and toby keith and, and the great oklahoman <clears throat> country music singers mm-hmm. and um lost a battle with cancer at 62 years old and um to see you kind of seen him the last couple of years just absolutely deteriorate and it's been real sad to yeah. see because he was such an instrumental figure especially after 911 and yeah that that's that's one my one Toby Keith memory my best Toby Keith memory is i remember in fourth grade 911 and uh, my dad and i was 10 11 years old I remember my dad sitting me down. I was the oldest, and he was like, this is what's happening. And we've been attacked, and, and you know, we went to war over it. And then on a separate occasion, I remember my dad sitting me down again, and he had recorded courtesy of the red, white, and blue on a cassette, <laughs> a cassette in his truck. He would just had a blank cassette in there waiting on it to come on the radio, and he pushed record as soon as it started. And he said, before I start this, this has got a bad word in it. I was raised in a super conservative Christian home that did not curse at all and uh, he said this has got a curse word in it but it's for a good reason and he pressed play on that thing and it was like the ultimate rallying cry and like I, I, again i just want to say like toby keith has went so far right and obnoxious with it that i i even hate to to bring it bring it up but like if you put yourself back in that moment for me as a 10 year old it was just like let's do it you know, get the stars and bars tatted on you and That's let's it. go, you know, let's go fight. You know, we were ready to go. <laughs> yeah, man. And, you know, you're right. Toby Keith was a soundtrack of my childhood. And I've been thinking about that a lot. Like my dad had a 1994 Ford Danger Ranger that we used to listen to cassettes in all the time, right around. And Toby Keith should have been a cowboy was one song that oh, I yeah. remember, like an, an anthem of my childhood. There may or may not be some videos out in the interwebs of Drew and I singing that karaoke 
multiple oh, times. Yeah. <laughs> multiple times. Patreon. <laughs> that's, that's an insider only kind that's of thing. It. Inside, <laughs> you can find that on the Discord. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, us singing it at Smith there in Corinth, and just like you're right, like going back to post 9-11 America, that was like September the 12th, 2001, right? Like he came that rallying cry. I think him and Aaron Tipton were two kind of big guys that really pushed that America into healing. You America know, you think proud about how, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you had uh, George Bush throwing out the, the first pitch of the Yankees-Mets game. You had the, you right. know, all the American flags, Sammy Sosa, all the things that were done. But like Toby Keith really made the anthem for it. And right. your opinions about him now, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm not here to hear. That's not relevant <laughs> to how I remember him in the past. No, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm not here for besmirchment of a deceased celebrity. Like, R.I.P. Toby Keith. We'll miss that. His voice was iconic. His songs were great from some of the more serious ballads to, like you said, some of the funny ones that he did. I'll never smoke weed with Willie again comes to mind. Like <laughs> just a good, just seemed like a good all around American kind of guy. And again, RIP Toby Keith. Uh, favorite Toby Keith song. Oh, like Don't say it should have been a cowboy. Cause I mean, that's kind of the, that's the, the first one that comes to mind. Um, oh, I don't know. Cousin Kirk yeah, I mean, actually suggested that we do like a, a a snake draft of Toby Keith songs, but we didn't prepare oh, for that. But. We didn't prepare for that. I'm gonna be honest, man. The first one that really like I've been singing, like we've been playing, should have been a cowboy all week oh, at yeah. work, oh, and yeah. so like I don't know, man. I just like it's gonna be hard to pick something other than that. Uh, Courtesy right. of Red White Blue is good. Red Solo Cup is funny, but it's not one of my favorites. Um, no. I love this bar. Uh, for me. I think honestly, all right, I'm gonna go beer for my uh, horses. That's probably my favorite okay. with, with Billy and like I love yeah. like it's just a fun anthem. Um, you know, it's just a fun song with Willie Nelson. I'm gonna say beer for my horses. Yeah, uh, for me, it's God Lover, but Ooh, yeah. that's one of my favorite songs. That's a deep track. Uh, uh, anyway, worth missing is another one that comes to mind. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, man. So uh, that's my beef of the week between Jimmy Buffett and Toby yeah. Keith. Like I feel like my whole childhood. <laughs> is gone you know we lost uh joe diffie yeah. in 21 i think to covid like he mm-hmm. was another one from when i was mm-hmm. just a small kid you're talking about yeah. vhs recordings i've got one of me singing pickup man on the mantle at yeah. my parents old house in tupelo and falling face first onto the floor yeah uh, i share that one every single year when it pops up on my facebook memories yeah and so between the three of those like i don't know that i have a childhood musical we need Favorite to protect. Left. We need to protect yeah. Garth Brooks, Brooks and Dunn. Oh, you know, Mark yeah. Wills uh, with with everything we've got, man. Mark, <laughs> Mark Willis, really? like, Ow. I hadn't heard that one in a while. Yeah. He was. He had an album that not teen something. Yeah, yeah, that album I listened yeah. to when I was in high school. Every night when I go to bed, it was just in my CD player, and I like music when I go to sleep back then. Now it's got to be I use like rain noise or something, but I just right. hit play and I wore that album out, and I fall asleep jam every night. Yeah, um, Keep, we are. We are good old boys from North Mississippi, and there is not a good old boy from North Mississippi that doesn't have childhood memories of Toby Keith. I mean, that's just 100%. what it is. 100%. And regardless of what he turned out, you know, his views and his uh, yeah. what was important to him late in life, yeah. what what was important to us is what we grew up with. And what we grew and, up with was Toby Keith just hit after hit after hit. And if I can ask one favor, and I'll and I'll we'll segue after this. If I can ask one favor, go listen to his song "My List." That one just came to mind, just about like things that matter at the end of the day. Right. Political views ain't one of them. Like it's talking about yeah. fishing and spending time with family and 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 being around those that matter. Go listen to "My List" by Toby Keith, and, and it'll change your opinion. I'll add one more to your home 
to your homework, the song that he sang, uh, the last song he say, sang in a live performance is a song called Don't Let the Old Man In. Yeah. It's talking about him grappling with death. Yeah. yeah. And it is an absolute gut wrencher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's a heavy song, but it is so, it's what country music is, man. That's what people don't Makes you feel, get, especially old school country music. It's like, Haley's like, you know, it makes me sad, and it's like that's the beauty of country music. It makes you that's feel what, things. That's what the '90s country was all about. Not this yeah. new. Miss me with this new Morgan Wallen, Lou right. Brian BS. I could spend a whole episode about that, but this right. is a sports show after all. But like the '90s country ballads, <clears throat> that's what it was. Right. It made you feel things and hurting places. Like think about like uh, Dwight Yoakam and Sling Blade. I'm hurting Linda. Like that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> like it's supposed to make you hurt. You that's know? why the greatest country music song of all time is George Jones. He stopped loving her. Stop loving her today, man. And we go to break on that one. When we we come back, we're going to talk about the Grizzlies. We're going to talk about the trade deadline. We're going to get into sports, which is what 90% of you, everybody outside of our mothers, are here to see. Yeah. So uh, when we get back uh, from the break, it's Grizzlies. In the second, in the third segment, we're going to get deep into the Super Bowl. We got a treat for you coming up. So, Rusty, commercial break one. We'll come back with some Grizzlies. Not just the level of individual talent that mm-hmm. he plays, but but it's also the, the level of his mind. We haven't gotten cross-court open shot this year. Right. We haven't seen that pass a lot. Number one, you got to respect him going to the basket. There's a roller. I got to watch the roller. Uh, he has the mind to be able to say, I see all of that, but now I see this guy over here. I'm going to get him mm-hmm. this open shot. How shifty he is to always be going forward. It's usually side to side. Yeah. His dribble moves are side to side, but going forward. Right. Which is very hard to defend. I just want to get you, as many times can I get you to do this? But for him, it's not here. It is here, which is with right, right, right. Are, are his moves to get down the floor. It's awkward for a defender mm-hmm. to try to catch a cadence. This, you dribble. <clears throat> so now what I do is now when you go put that ball down, I'm going for it. But with him, there's no, I, it's hard for my cadence. But Right. What's my cadence for you? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know yeah. what it is. Tune in to the Anthony Sane Show Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. weekly on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Who do you need to step it up? Outside of David Jones, I think David Jones is David Jones. I don't think you need him to step it up because he's been performing. Yeah, like I, he's David Jones. Like outside of him, he's fine. I think Quinterly needs to play better. In what way? Like, I mean, he's facilitating the ball well. I mean, what do you, like, I don't. To a, to a 12 from the field's not cutting it. It's not, it's not great. It's not great. And I don't need a runner three from the top of the key with three and a half seconds left. Is Virginia the game where Jordan Brown is going to cook? Those dudes aren't looking to run the ball. Cook what? Dude, I thought he was going to have a freaking night. He came out with that fresh cut, mm. lined up. Mm and then literally within the first 15 seconds missed a wide open layup yeah, and then picked yeah. up two fouls right away. I feel real lied to because I thought we were getting a 20 and 10 guy. Didn't think it did anything for you. Well, I, I, mean, I think we all, we all thought we were getting a 20 and 10 guy and we are getting that in David Jones. I'm not even getting 20 or 10 minutes out of the guy. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Welcome back, everybody. Clearly, you need to buckle up because Uncle Buck and I have got a lot to say tonight. So y'all hang on as we deep dive on our Grizzlies who are mired in the midst of a seven-game losing streak dating back to last month's uh, last win against the Magic. 
currently tonight playing on the new look court for the city editions this year. It reminds me of like a street court. I'm kind of here for it. I don't love any of this, the, 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 the special edition courts this year, but I think ours sucks the less, the least um, currently playing the, the bulls right now as of this recording. But a lot has happened this week from a personnel standpoint, from a roster standpoint, from some opportunities for us to get some wins, hopefully coming up with some, a little bit lighter in the schedule. Um, but, uh, uncle buck, what are your thoughts on the Grizz this week? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, I'm normally the curmudgeon about the courts, but the more I look at that court, especially tonight with it on, I kind of like good. it. It you looks know? good. I, told I like you it when it has jump. a theme. I don't yeah. like, I hated all of the city. Of, I mean, the, uh, the, uh, in season tournament courts, those are all garbage. Mm-hmm. Awful. Uh, but this one I kind of like, and mm-hmm. especially when it's got a, a theme to it, a meaning behind it with growing up on playing on concrete courts. Like I like it. It, it looks good. It looks good with the jerseys that they're wearing. Uh, but about the Grizzlies as a whole. So uh, trade deadline is today, uh, was today. It ended at 2 p.m. Central. I didn't expect the Grizzlies to do much. I spent some time on the trade deadline supercast that, uh, Mark and the guys had on the Bluff City Media YouTube today. A long day of show there, a long constant show there today outlining all the happenings of the trade deadline. Hopped on there and I told them, like, I didn't really expect much. Uh, and we didn't really get much. And so, first, I guess, let me backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Yesterday's news came. Mm. Once again. Yesterday, the Grizzlies traded who – we are stand for since day one. Always the Grizzlies traded the Grizzlies traded Xavier Tillman to the Boston Celtics. My thoughts on that. Uh, it hurts because in Memphis, in small market for small market teams, you really grow to love the person that plays basketball with you rather than just the player. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. lost a lot in big markets like New York and LA and Chicago. You care about the player, the output, but the person that is Xavier Tillman will be missed in the Memphis community. He will be missed as a person first and foremost. He was a a husband, a father of three. He came to the Grizzlies with multiple children, and he was just a guy that you could count on. Mm -hmm. And on the court, that translated to on the court. You could count on him in the moments in which you had nobody else. Xavier Tillman would lace up those sneakers and go to work for you whenever you needed him. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. That was Xavier Tillman, and he will be missed. He was on an expiring contract. It was not surprising that he got dealt. And the return in which they got back for him was a good return. You got two second-round picks from Boston in return. And Xavier Tillman gets to go to Boston, who is a contender and has a role cut out for him. And so I'm really excited for Xavier. And what is an absolutely lost season here for the Grizzlies? Mm -hmm. Xavier Tillman goes into a a situation where he's going to compete for a national champ. I mean, a a NBA championship, and he's going to have a role there as a backup to Al Horford and Porzingis. And there's going to be an absolute clear cut role for him on a Mm -hmm. contending team. And I don't know that I could have picked a better destination for him outside of Memphis. Yeah, and the reality is it's unlikely, but there's always the option that he re-signs with us this summer. You know, he's on an expiring deal. He'll be a free agent this summer. It's not going to happen, but there is that option out there. I feel like I feel like a decision was made today or yesterday I get, yeah. when I traded him. I, you know, 
again, we are a pro Xavier Tillman podcast. Always will be. Always will root for him on this show. Wish him nothing but the best because he was just a class act. He was always big when you need him from his rookie year, hitting that corner three against the Warriors to just big rebounds and stepping up and filling Steven Adams' shoes his last year. So, you know, go get your ring. Much like when Mark went to Toronto, it's no bad blood. You know, just hate to see the guy in other threads, but we'll root for him unless he's playing the Grizz, right? And so hope he has, you yeah. know, wish him well. And again, the hall is good. The Grizzlies are set. We're setting ourselves up. I hope none of our listeners were expecting a big, big splash this year at the trade deadline because this one will happen. I hope what they see, you know, they see what we're doing because we're setting ourselves up with a lot of cap space, a lot of capital to make moves for some splashes this summer. I think we'll be very busy in the offseason and approaching the draft. Yeah, I told you last week or a couple of weeks ago here on the show that there's really two kinds of teams that make really splashy moves. It takes one of each in every trade, it seems like. You've got the team that's trying to compete, and you've got the team that's trying to shed salaries. Those are the two teams that are very active. And right now, the Grizzlies didn't have any real contracts after Steven Adams got traded. They didn't need to shed anything. And they also are not thinking about competing this year. And so it's all about trying to uh, consolidate, get what you can for people that are expiring or whatnot. You consolidate and put yourselves in a position to compete in the market in the summer. Which is what we did by waving Oladipo today and getting the picks that we got for X. And in the other trade that you're going to get to, I'm sure – uh, one that sent out one David Big Body Roddy out uh, to Phoenix, uh, no longer a Memphis Grizzly, um, was able to exchange for some draft capital there, get some picks in return, and then a couple a player from Phoenix. Um, yeah, again, so creating creating cap space was our mo. We were making moves to set ourselves so up that for you can be aggressive the down the road. Hundred percent. Yeah. So I was sitting on the mega cast with Mark and with Daniel Greer today on my lunch break talking about trade deadline stuff, and they asked me to rank kind of who I would be first to get rid of and last but because I'd brought up the four wings. That's what I wanted is to consolidate, you know, the four-headed monster of Conchar, LaRavia, David Roddy, and Zaire Williams. you got four people there that just kind of come and go. None of them are great, but, you know, what can you get? And I told him the one I'd want to get rid of the most was Jake Laravia because mm-hmm. we don't even know what Jake Laravia is. You know, well, I mean, I told him I made the I made the metaphor today that Jake Laravia, if he were to have gotten traded today, it would have been like somebody bringing you a wrapped present and then taking it away from you without you ever getting to unwrap it because you yeah. genuinely he doesn't play. Like we don't know so. what Jake Laravia is. And so I was like, Laravia, Zaire Williams, Conchar, Roddy. I said, of all of them, I'd like to keep Roddy just because I like the attitude of Roddy. You know, Roddy is no doubt had a horrendous year shooting the basketball. Uh, but I like the mindset of Roddy. and The bulldog nature of Roddy is something that I've always cherished in basketball players. Uh, right after I get off the podcast – David Roddy gets traded. <laughs> I ended up with a lot of egg on my face. Uh, uh, David Roddy gets traded to Phoenix for a pick swap down the road, and they get in return Chimezi Metu, a big, and the return of Yuta Watanabe. Yeah. And so um, 
the Roddy thing, it does sting a little because of the four that I put together in the same kind of tier, he was the one that I got wanted to get rid of the least, but there's no doubt about it. I did stand for Roddy, and I still love Roddy and who he is uh, mentally on the court, but there's no doubt that he struggled mightily on offense. He couldn't shoot, and on a team in which you've got John Morant and a big and you really just need shooting. You need yeah. your other pieces need to be able to shoot because Ja's not a three-point threat. Jaron doesn't shoot it at a super high clip. You don't have anybody other than Bain and Kennard that shoot it at a really high clip. And when you've got a ball-dominant drive and kick guard like Ja, you can't really play with Ja unless you can knock down that three. And mm-hmm. he just struggled mightily at it. And despite – how much I loved his defensive tenacity and his hustle and his grit. Like his, his shooting was just never his lack of shooting rather was never going to work out with the Grizzlies. He was going to have to learn to shoot. Right. And so, you know, that leaves us with an interesting conundrum where we've got real quick. I just need to air a grievance right here for my wife because she will listen. Last year I bought her, at, towards the end of the season, I bought her a David Roddy jersey. That's her yeah. favorite player. As I tweeted out today, she I sent her the news and her exact response. So this is what I said. I said, I have bad news. And she responded with about eight text messages in a row. <laughs> says, uh, why will it make me cry? Are they trading Roddy? I will literally lose it. Don't tell me. How bad is it? Like losing job bad or losing slow-mo bad? Is this even about basketball? (laughs) This is why she's the first lady of the podcast. (laughs) And uh, so I bought her a David Roddy 27 jersey last year. And before she could wear it this year, he changed his number to 21. And now he's traded. (laughs) So it's like. (laughs) Do not buy her a Jaren or a Destin jersey. (laughs) I will not not buy her a a, a player's jersey that I like. So and look here. Here's here, two things on that. Um, one Grizzlies related, one not. So, you know, I've seen there's a lot of back and forth on the Memphis Grizzlies on Twitter just around what are we doing? We don't have a center. Is it going to be Jaron? And you know, is, is Santi our other option? Like we don't have because we were cycling through X. Roddy was playing the four or five position at six right. foot four. Um, like what are we going to do? You know, again, right now I've heard Anthony Sane talk about this for in his 20, show several 23, times. 2024, it doesn't matter. That's what I was getting at, man. Like uh, Anthony Sane said on the show, right now, basketball is fun. It sucks watching us get throttled by 40 points the other night. But you go into every game with zero expectations of winning. You get to watch what do we have in Tucson and what do we have in Trey Jemison and Scottie Pippen Jr. is balling. Like, what do we what do we got in these guys? Are these guys that we can build around? And then if you get a win here and there, that's awesome. You're playing with house money, right? Like any win right now is great. The expectations are gone. But the front office has a plan. We're not getting rid of all these bodies and stocking up all these second-round picks without the idea that we're going to go get a shooter or that we're going to go get a big. And what I'm hoping is that we're going to see what we have in Jemison and some of these guys. I hope that the first order of business tomorrow morning is I get a Grizzlies PR update that Gigi is no longer (laughs) on a two-way contract. That's the first thing I want to see tomorrow. And then um, Trey Jemison gets that two-way deal that Gigi's been on. Um, And let's just see what we got with these guys. We're going to ride with them and see if we can build and build around them. And then if not, like our championship window is not 2024. Like if you think at this point, the Grizz are going to be playing still basketball come June. 
No. Next year is not our championship window. Next year is going to be about rebuilding chemistry, rebuilding the team, and getting geared up for oh, a championship see, totally run into 25. There. I think 25. I think you, I've seen it a lot. I think 25, 26 is our year. That's our window uh, right there. But I, I, the the championship window opens next with the start. Sure. I mean, of it does. I'm not and, saying it doesn't. I think maybe you don't push all your Maybe you don't push all your chips in. On next year, maybe you don't go buy Grizzlies NBA champion lottery ticket mm-hmm. going into next season, but that's when the window is fully open. I don't you know, disagree. You're I'm at just John, saying- 25, 26 years old, Jaron, 26. You know, it's so it is that is the start of the window. This season is lost, and I'll be honest with you, I'm down on it. Uh, I did enjoy watching the no name bunch that we were throwing out there be scrappy and development. But I mean, we're in a six-game losing streak right now, and I'm down. Like I'm, I'm so sick of watching development projects and evaluating people that are probably not ever going to play for the Grizzlies when everybody's healthy. I'm just really down because the season is not what it turned out to be. Even when you lost Jaw, you had a run. You were just hoping you could get Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart, and you know, up the pipe dream of Brandon Clark back, and you could push for a, the possibility of the 10 seed. But with this six-game losing streak, the nail is in the coffin and it really just, I'm really just kind of depressed about it right now. I got, I'm just, I'm not ready yet to, uh, to turn the page and I'm not really ready to like, I'm kind of tired of just watching Trey Jamison and Tomas, whatever his name is, and Scotty Pippen Jr. play every single night. I'm, I'm seeing enough and I'm just really down on it. Sure. Like this is not the season that we, that we were expecting, but like I was saying earlier, like, 24, yes, that's when our window opens, but 25 is when the expectations will be really high for us to actually be competing for an NBA title, and I think it's a legit chance if we can stay healthy and just get rid of this injury bug that we've been cursed with, it seems like, for the last six, eight years. Um, but, again, the Grizz are setting themselves up to make those moves. Didn't see a ton of, like, huge moves today. There were some big names that were moved. You know, former high draft picks, Killian Hayes, was uh, traded. and then, or, Well, no, it wasn't no, traded. It was, was waived. Yeah. yeah, he said his camp, I saw on Twitter, his camp said, uh, we're looking for a change of scenery. And the Detroit Pistons said, how about the bus stop? Because <laughs> they yeah. got him. My favorite, yeah. though, of, of the tweets today, and the real victim of the NBA trade deadline today was Robin Lopez. You see his tweet this morning? or this afternoon where he said, I enjoy being I teammates with Patrick Beverly for all of an hour and 45 minutes. I'll never forget those times. <laughs> and he was responding <laughs> to the comments. Folks, yeah. I mean, like the Lopez brothers are hilarious and Robin with They're the odd, epic tweets today. They They're, are funny. They are. There's some weird dudes, but because he was sitting at the, at the, the scores table last night, reading a book, like the bucks are right. out there playing and he is sitting at the scores table, reading a book, not paying any attention. It's like, Hey bro, they traded you. You, you need to go home. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, is, and that's what I was telling Mark and Daniel this morning is trade deadline day for the Grizzlies. The last few years, when you consider yourself contenders or contender adjacent was like what you, what I used to think about national signing day. It was a big day. It was a holiday. You get to see, who the Grizzlies add or subtract to make that playoff push. This year has just been the the less the least I've anticipated a trade deadline day in years. Mm-hmm. And it's just because you knew that you weren't doing much. There was nothing you could do to compete. It's not like you were selling off a lot of assets to start a rebuild. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes for some teams that could be exciting to to finally hit reset. But that just wasn't the Grizzlies. You were somewhere in in 
really uh, we're stuck purgatory. in basketball purgatory yeah. basketball and, purgatory and to where you're just like okay well we're not tanking but we can't do anything until the summer anyways yeah and so that's just kind of where it was and the trade deadline today was just a lot of nothing anyways i saw stat muse put out there and i don't think they were joking but they said which was the biggest winner of the trade deadline and it was boyan bogdanovich um uh patrick beverly gordon hayward and I believe this fellow is P.J. Washington. And if that's the four yeah. big pieces that were traded on signing day, it's just not a big signing day. However, I will say the Knicks are dangerous. Yeah, Knicks got a lot With, better. Adding Boyan Bogdanovich to mm-hmm. that team to be a bench mm-hmm. piece. They, I love uh, I love Tibbs because he reminds me of like an old high school football coach where he's like, I'm playing 48 minutes, you know, <laughs> that's it. If you're, that's if you're it. tired, do some more reps, you know, do some more reps. That's it, man. And you know, you were kind of talking about that earlier. Uh, shout out NBA Mike, also a member of the Bluff city media family uh, tweeted this out about an hour ago. Uh, can you imagine falling asleep? You were talking about jaw earlier after, after jaws game winner versus the Pelicans in December, waking up right now to a lineup that of uh, Gilly, John Conchar, Gigi Jackson, Tucson and Trey Jemison. How confused would you be, right? Like we like the you would think there was like a plane crash. (laughs) I mean, really? Or like COVID was back? I hate to say, but what (laughs) are the odds that just separately everybody gets injured and separate? That's it. You know? Yeah. Like, Like, uh, uh, yeah. What was the only thing that could take down Leonard Skinner? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy! All right, we get. It's not funny to joke about, but like, but like, what are the odds that every single one of them? Injured. Yeah, like, it just yeah. such bad luck, man. I mean, really, but like, it's just at the end of the day, we did what we needed to do to set ourselves up for the future. Of that, I, I I give it a high grade. It was it was boring. It was anticlimactic, but I think we did what we needed to do to be ready for this offseason. Yes, it sucks that Jake Laravia and Zaire are still Memphis Grizzlies, but it's maybe it's because nobody else wanted them either. But I think that shows you that the the pub the uh, NBA had a higher view of David Roddy than they had of any of Laravia, Zaire, or Conchart. And I don't really? think that's necessarily true uh, mm. because I think Conchar actually is better than Roddy. And yeah, I believe he, yeah. that most people think that. And maybe the Grizzlies just wanted more for Conchar, had more plans and possibilities in the future for Conchar mm. than Roddy. But it was kind of – if I was uh, if I was another team, especially a team maybe not uh, Phoenix that's competing – but I'm surprised like some of those teams like Charlotte or Detroit like wouldn't try to work us into a deal to get somebody like Zaire in a second draft kind of scenario. But I don't know, man. It, it what it shows me is that the other NBA teams watch film <laughs> because yeah. there's no good tape on Zaire. There's no good tape. Yeah, but on they all LaRavia. think they can, you know they're they're all the clearly you know, not. Clearly <laughs> they're not. All, we still have both of them. Yeah. And there's a lot of mechanics going to that. It's not as always cut and dry, but it's always NBA coaches and GMs. A lot of times, especially the bad coaches and GMs, are yeah. like the the girl that thinks they can fix the trashy dude. You know, I can fix him, and they can't. Yeah, you know, I can fix him. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was it was overwhelming, but as much as possible, they made lemonade out of lemons. They did, and again, we'll look back. I think we'll look back this summer. Um, after the draft, and be like, you know what, Kalama was cooking the whole time. I oh, think I have. We'll, we'll, I still we'll look have. Back and see that. 
I still am in Kleiman's corner, and I still yeah. trust Kleiman with my favorite team. And so I, I do believe that this uh, stockpile of second-round picks, they now got seven. They got three with the Adams trade. They got two with the uh, Tillman trade, and then they got their own. I and I, I, uh, They did some kind of weird pick swap with Roddy. I mean, uh, with Phoenix in the offseason. Yeah. I may have gotten yeah. So we got that. Pick. Yeah, we got, we got a future pick swap and Utah back from the Suns in that trade. So um, all in all. No, I'm talking about in the, in the summer. They got. They didn't Uh-oh. get a second with this one. Uh, they got a pick swap. But right, in the Phoenix. summer, they did some kind of weird GM mechanics that got them a second-round pick to help somebody else out or something. Right. But at the end of the day, uh, as anticlimactic as it was, we did what we needed to do to further build towards our championship window in the future. And that's all we can ask for, really. You know, again, other names, Gordon Hayward, you mentioned him earlier, got moved. Doug McDermott were some names that got moved. Buddy Hale got moved today to Philadelphia. Yeah. Like, and that was, I think, was the really... most frustrating part to yeah. me because when Jaw was in and we were winning and you were considering yourself contenders despite an awful start, you looked at guys like Boyan Bogdanovich. You looked at guys like Olenek and Hayward. And Who those guys today. that, that were moved, moved all of them were moved today. And you're just like, and, and Buddy Heald. Those were all gettable. You look at the return, and it's like, yeah, we could have gotten those if we yeah. could have just stayed healthy. And that that asking price was very little for the all those players mm-hmm. compared to what they were last year, or yeah. you know, in the earlier in the season, what they actually got in return for them was pretty low. And it's like, man, if we were just competing, that was the piece that we wanted. Turns out we just got injured drastically. Mm-hmm. And, and here stuck, we are. It just, yeah, it just it, we got stuck behind the eight ball, and we're chalking it up for the summer. Which players tend to get a little bit more expensive in trades, but we have a lot of capital now that we can make some moves with. So again, trusting climbing. We'll see what's coming. Uh, anything else on the NBA? We got a lot of Super Bowl to talk. Uh, anything else you want to add in here before we head to our last commercial break? No, like I said, I think that the uh, the Knicks got better. I think they're a scary team in the East, especially since. Uh, Milwaukee has really struggled since firing Adrian Griffin and hiring Doc Rivers. Uh, and Joel Embiid getting injured, uh, which was a huge injury that kind of happened in the middle of the week for us. Uh, so we're mm-hmm. not going to really touch on it. But that was a devastating. I'd be surprised if he comes back at all. And I don't think he will. If he does come back, he won't be 100%. And so the East is wide open, and the Knicks use this trade down line as if this was it. And yeah. I. Always root for teams that push all their chips in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think the Knicks got a lot better. Yeah. Well, hey, while we're here, before it goes last commercial break, remember, join bluffcitymedia.co. $5 a month gets you an insider access to us on our Discord where you can help Uncle Buck name his child. Access to us to talk crap. Tell us what we got wrong. Uh, we got March Madness coming up, and you'll be a part of that. Just come join our Discord, $5 a month, blessedcitymedia.co. And while you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you click subscribe and turn those notifications on so you can get all the updates from us and all the other great shows on this network, just like these next two. I'm, I'm just big on being able to vocalize what someone's role is. I always mm. thought my best coaches were the people that let me know exactly what you expect from me. Now, I might not like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if you come to me man to man to say, 
this is how we're this is how we think we're gonna play you. Bang, bang, bang. And and uh, hopefully everybody understands. I, I'm not saying that this has not not been done with this team. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying from my experience, we all have egos when we get to this game. Right. All of us. Every to the last person on the bench, you got an ego. But you're not gonna. We're not. All of us can't be the man. Yeah. You're not, you 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 got to be able to say, okay, he's a man. But what do I do, and what can I do to help us be good? And yeah. if it's vocalized to you, then you know exactly what. I'm, and if I'm out there doing it, and now I'm not getting the result from you, now we got we got to sit yeah. down and have another conversation. Mm-hmm. But as long as it is told to you, this is what we expect from you. This is how we want you to play. Then then I I feel like again keeping this logo. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Tune in to the Anthony Sane Show Wednesdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. weekly on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. All right, Christian. Yes. You are Penny Hardaway. I'm not. Yes, you are. Okay. Today, you're going to play act. Okay. Gabe. Because you're a Jordan Brown apologist, you're going to be Jordan Brown. I'm a Jordan Brown apologist. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. Y'all are sitting across the room from each other. I said, don't tweet him hate. And he's like, you're an apologist. <laughs> like, good God. But either way, continue. We're in a room together. Why did things break down? Jordan, we brought you in this year to be the centerpiece of our offense. <laughs> <laughs> You came in out of shape. Let's call it what it is. Call it spade a spade. We play fast. Told you this when we were recruiting you. We play fast. One of the fastest paces in the country. You have to be able to get up and down the floor. You have failed at that. Oh, well, I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Tune in to On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Welcome back to that third and final segment. We talk Super Bowl. Big game coming up this weekend on Sunday. It's the culmination of the NFL season. For those of you keeping up at home, Kansas City Chiefs facing the San Francisco 49ers kicking off around, I think it's 530 is kickoff, so probably closer to six. We got a halftime show dating back to 2005 with Usher, special guests. We got a lot of uh, <laughs> potential guests that could be on there with Usher. We got Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem. There's a possible Taylor Swift sighting. Like, what more do you need to hype you up for the Super Bowl than the list that you just got? Oh, my goodness. What a hat. (laughs) Taylor's boyfriend, 87. Go, Taylor's Taylor's boyfriend. boyfriend. Good night. (laughs) I bought this hat just for this podcast. (laughs) Good night. All right, that's all for the Two-Buck Sports Show for this week. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, my wife's because she is an avid listener, and she knows the shenanigans that we do on this podcast. Uh, saw this in a boutique in Corinth that she follows because every married woman follows a bunch of boutiques on Facebook uh, for deals and such. And they had this hat for $8 and she sent it to me. And I was like, have your mom pick it up for me now. I got to wear it on the show Thursday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, Super Bowl week is just the, one of the best weeks of the uh, of the year. You know, Super Bowl weekend, I guess. Super Bowl Sunday is great. It's a it's a holiday you should get Monday off of work. 100%. And so 
I'm excited for it all the way around. I'm excited for the matchup. I'm excited. Maybe for now that we have show. the Swifties, maybe now that we have the Swifties in our corner, we can get Monday as a holiday. Yeah, I mean, hey, don't limit the Swifties right. to anything. That's what I'm and saying. So, I'm telling you, I found so much joy in Twitter again this week because yeah. not only is it like the old people complaining about Taylor Swift. But it's also like her CO2 emissions from her private jet <laughs> is like a big story. And I'm sure yeah. like environmentalists everywhere, like, you know, you do you, you fight your fight, whatever. Yeah. I just think it like to be so rich mm. that she flies like to go eat lunch somewhere. Like it's just it's something that I would absolutely do if I was as rich as Taylor Swift. Like there is I would never drive anywhere. If no, I was, I wouldn't Swift, you know, I wouldn't either. And one of my favorite things on Twitter and Instagram this week has been all the the tweets and, and posts about how have the Swifties been a fan of the Super Bowl for one year and they're already doing Super Bowl parties better than us. And <laughs> she's like glammed out Super it's Bowl like, parties. <laughs> it is the Swifties have done to the Super Bowl what the rich women in Oxford do to the Grove with the chandeliers <laughs> and the tents. And I mean, they've they've really just glammed up. Yeah. What is typical redneck behavior, which is 100%. drinking and eating outside and debauchery, hundred you know? <laughs> percent. Yeah, and so uh, the Swifty, I'm, I'm I'm a Swifty, uh, and just for the Super Bowl, you know, I don't really care for her music as much. Right. Uh, it's fine, but I am pretty much against anybody who is so abhorrently for anything. You mm-hmm. know, I'm for the thing that they're against if mm-hmm. they're going to be that hard against it. You know, I'm sure. not talking about like Al Qaeda. Or, you know, anything like that. But to get so up in arms over Taylor Swift being shown on the TV at a football game has driven me to buying this hat. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it reminds me, Drew, I had a hat in undergrad that I would wear, like, for interview softball games. Looked just like that. I found it at a gas station in Brookhaven, Mississippi. And it said, it said, Beneath this cap is a winner. <laughs> and I worked at yeah. every any real softball game. You know it's a cheap trucker hat if it's got this little point well, at the dent. That's it. And it's know, got it that like good recall. I got bopped in the head and Tom and Jerry, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, but about the Super Bowl itself, we've got a lot of fun things we want to talk about on the podcast in relation to the Super Bowl. And considering you've got Taylor Swift and you've got such commercialization of football and pop culture intertwined, in football for the Super Bowl Sunday. We did get a special guest to come on. We talk about her a lot on this show. Uh, she is the love of my life. She is my beautiful wife. Rusty, please welcome the first lady of the Two Bucks show. Hey, the game. Welcome, oh, Miss Haley. We're still, hey, no, we're still is. working out the bugs of our spaceship. Remember, Man. we've been driving to Plymouth. <laughs> we can see you now, honey. She okay. is in the... She is in our living room. I'm in our <laughs> den. I did not want any cross-contamination with the audio, and so I've sequestered her in the other part of the house. Baby, you look beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Buckets, what we've got planned for today is we're going to talk about the halftime show first, and then we are just going to go through some of the most fun prop bets that we have seen. Rusty is coming to our humble abode on Sunday to watch the Super Bowl, and so we're going. Rusty has compiled a list of off-the-wall prop bets. This is not yardage total. This is not touchdowns. This is totally unfootball-related prop bets. The three of us are going to uh, answer Rusty's prop bet, and then 
together on Sunday. We're going to watch them, and we will let everybody know winners and losers next Thursday on the show. So, But first order of business, honey, let me get your opinion. The halftime show is one Ursher baby. First reaction to Ursher baby when you heard that he was the halftime performance was? I was hoping that it would be country. I don't ever feel like we have country. Uh, I mean, Usher's fine. He's fun. Um, but I was really hoping for a, a country artist that like would just rock out with everybody. You know, and I'll tell you, Rusty, if we would have flipped the national anthem and the halftime performer, no yes. one oh. in happier than my wife with a Reba McIntyre. Yes. Oh, my 100%. goodness. I'd have been right there with her. <laughs> been right there with her. 100%. Can you imagine the three of us on Sunday afternoon watching the halftime show on our feet, dancing and singing to Fancy? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. 100%. Rusty bellering. That's not the last day. <laughs> Shirtless like Uncle Jason Kelsey, 100%. <laughs> oh, and you, trust me, Jason Kelsey would rather have Reba too. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't slam beers in Buffalo shirtless and not want Reba McIntyre as your halftime performance. It's, it's one of the same. You don't wear this hat and want anybody right. other than Reba McIntyre. Other than Reba. 100%. I just feel like country music fits football, though. Like, it yeah. just. It does. I mean, that's yeah. why Hank and Carrie Underwood sing the songs I'm, for Monday Night Football. I, was, I mean, I Chris Stapleton now yeah. playing. Right. Exactly. I mean, here we are. Maybe so maybe we're we are. Uh, our point of view is based on where we grew up, and it's football yeah. and it's country music. I mean, there's two. It is Jesus football and country music, and I'm and for most people, it's not in that order. You know. Yeah. And so yeah. that's it's just kind of inextricably linked together. <laughs> And so, yeah, of course, 100%. I can't think of a single country music act that's ever been on, you know. The Super Bowl halftime, I can't either. I mean, the closest, you know, we've had Tom Petty. We've had now a lot, a lot of most of our pop. We had Rihanna last year. We've had The Weeknd. We've had Beyonce. We've had – I, I can Lady country. Gaga, Katy Perry. there one year? Uh, I, I think, think she was a part of one. As, an, yeah. as a guest. Yeah. The, then we had 50 Cent, Eminem, and Snoop. Yeah. We've never had Stapleton. <laughs> was or... it 50 Cent that was upside down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 50 Cent. He was upside down looking like a whole dollar. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If, uh, if I was hanging upside down in that position, I would not be able to mumble words like, help me get down, much less rap. <laughs> so kudos to him. But, but yeah, so we do have uh, – we're going to talk about – I mean, Haley – thoughts like is there any we're all a kind of child children of the early 2000s is there any songs of usher that you're looking forward to like that has to be played on sunday is anybody i mean Haley, drew anybody well i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is an absolute banger i mean it has to be first right like there is a prop bet that we can get into like what song is he gonna sing first and i mean if it's not yeah like what else are we going to do? <laughs> what are we doing here? You know? Right. Like, like, what, who do you the, even know here? The only one that I could I like also picture is uh, DJ has me falling in love again. I could see mm -hmm. that like the lights flashing and all mm -hmm. of a sudden he comes down. 
<laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be one of them. It has yeah, to. And like then does he right. slow it down and sing confessions for a little while, right? Because oh. that was oh, such a big you, hit for him. And, and when I was in high school, man, that was everybody's breakup song. <laughs> that'll be the one that like everybody like he goes silent for and everybody's singing. That'll be the one. And all that, the lighters, the the the, the cell the phone camera lights out, come out yeah. and everybody's singing. Yeah, how old like, are you, Rusty? Lighters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Back in your first concert, they did matches, yeah, the, right? The lighters will come out at the at the Super Bowl, Rusty. <laughs> Listen, I saw the original Leonard Skinner. All right, we, we used our lighters. <laughs> you saw Ronnie, yeah. So, uh, and my boo. You think yeah. that's not really a that's not really a song for a Super Bowl, is it? Uh, no, I mean maybe. Um, yeah, I don't, loving this club is another one that may pop out. I Listen, had to put the kids to bed for that one, but <laughs> first, right? First reaction: put Rusty to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first That's it. I just Usher room. was like a little let down, and then you go in Apple Music and you just type in Usher, and it's like, dude, he's got some absolute bangers and a, it, a catalog of them. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited because the halftime show is two things: it is songs that you know, and it's a performance, and you know that Usher is going to come fully locked and loaded with dancing oh, yeah. and backup mm-hmm. dancers and the theatrics that goes along with mm-hmm. the stage that is the Super Bowl. For right, sure. and then there's so many. He's done so many collabs and features with so many great artists over the years that there's a limitless potential of people who could, you know, make an appearance from Lil John to David Gaeta. There's so many different people out there that he's made hits with: Alicia Keys, Ludacris, Post Malone, Justin Bieber. Like, who is? Because like, Bieber grew up idolizing Usher, right? Like that's where he got his dance moves. Usher, from. So like, well, uh, Usher discovered Bieber exactly on YouTube, and so like. It seems obvious that that the Beebs will be out there. The uh, uh, Justice Beaver will be out there, but Justice Beaver. I mean, who's who's, who's Justice Beaver? <laughs> but you know, like he got he got big when I was probably late elementary, early middle school. So mm-hmm. I feel like everybody my age is there at that game. If Rusty, Justin, that's college for Yeah, you. okay. It was. <laughs> I was actually in PT school. <laughs> so yeah. I remember. I remember. Rusty I remember. Is five years older than me, uh-huh. and Haley is three and a half years younger than me. So I remember. I remember my <laughs> ex-wife coming to me with this YouTube video of like, "This kid's going to be famous," and it was just as just Justice, Justice Bieber dancing Bieber. on the computer. I can't say it now. <laughs> yeah. No, but anyway. I just know that there there's going to be fangirls all around. Because I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. between Taylor. <laughs> And, and Justin Usher, Bieber, and Justin oh Bieber, I mean, Jason Kelsey. <laughs> you're talking about ratings. Oh my goodness! This is like spanning the gamut of all possible fandoms, right? Like from the like the middle age moms, millennium moms to millennial, like everybody. <laughs> they put Barry Manilow on there, and you've, you've gotten everybody. <laughs> uh, all right, Rusty. Uh, so let's right. get to our prop bet competition that we have. So. Honey, Rusty's just going to give us the question, and it's going to be typically an over-under or a number, and I'm hoping he's got his over-under kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But, Rusty, outline it for us. We're just going to take notes of it. We're going to yep. watch the game Sunday. We're going to tally everything up, and then we're just going to let everybody know how we did. Everybody keep up with us. And we'll post the before. We'll post everything on there before so everybody can keep up with us if they'd like. Yep, hundred percent. So, um, 
the way it's going to work, these aren't game related. Like Drew said, we're not talking about yards. We'll talk about some of that here in a minute. We're not talking about interceptions and touchdowns. We're talking about the things that make life grand. And so <laughs> these are going to be some fun ones. So the first one that I've got for us over under on length of the national anthem. So we've got Reba McIntyre. We talked about country oh, okay. ballads earlier. The over under is set 87.5 seconds. So do you think one that minute what, a minute, 27 and a half seconds. So do you think that she will take more or less time than a minute 27 to sing the national anthem? So basically, are you going over or under? Over. She's a country artist. It's going to have a twang. I was, She's going to draw I out. was about to say the same thing. Have oh, you ever heard her speaking voice? Came. Oh, my God. It takes her 10 minutes to introduce herself. <laughs> you ever watch the show? Hey, oh, I'm Reba. Reba McIntyre. I cannot wait. Four and a half minutes. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear her say, oh, say, can you see? And that just beautiful mm-hmm. Reba mm-hmm. voice, man. Mm-hmm. Love me some Reba. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah, a so Drew over under on that. So we've got two oh, overs. Over. You going it's over? Easy yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Are so we all we all in agreement on that one. Yeah. So far, we are there. All right. So this one is not an over under, but I think this one will be fun. This is an easy one to pick. So Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem. We're going to stay on Reba for just a second. There is a prop bet where you can guess the color hat that she wears while singing the national anthem. White. Uh, she she sometimes she doesn't <laughs> wear a hat, but did you say white? Is that your color? Yeah. That's the color. Uh, that is not one of the top going ones, but I'm gonna really? put that down. Yeah, like uh, go hey. for it. Yeah, Drew, you, you went so, big. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you went big. Are we so talking that's a, cowboy the, the, hat? So we're just talking hat, probably a cowboy hat. Oh, it's gonna um, be a cowboy hat. Yeah, so it's, it's gonna have it's gonna some be a cowboy hat. on it. It's gonna sparkle. I think white's yeah. a good choice. So white is greater than like the the highest one they have on here is green at plus three thousand. And so Haley, if you hit on white, we are going to we're going to Merry Vegas Christmas, or Tunica everybody. at least. <laughs> That's it. Uh, <laughs> red and green. I, I guarantee she's walking in with a white, full white. If she is not full white, oh, with I, that I'm red hair. Either that Ooh, or know. black. I don't know, honey. Uh, redheaded people are fair skinned. They don't wear a lot of white. This is the Super Bowl, though. This is America. Is Red, Reba. white, and blue. She's Reba. I'm going to go outside of the box here. I'm going to say she's not wearing a hat at all. That That is an option. I mean, she's got too good a head of hair for a woman her age. Mm-hmm. And miraculously, no gray at all. Somehow mm-hmm. that happens. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there's a, a great secret. Hairdresser. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think she's got too good a head of hair to keep under wraps. Yep, I, that's a good choice. It was one I was considering, but Haley kind of stole my thunder a little bit. Shout out to Haley. I think she's going to go full patriotic, and she's going to be in some yeah. ensemble of red, blue. white, and blue. I'm going with a red hat. I'm going with she's coming hat. out with a red, red hat. hat. Red hair, I think she's going to have red boots. I think she's going to be looking the part singing Monthly the national anthem. She's gonna be, there's going to be some fringe. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's going. Oh, there's going to be so much fringe and jewels. There's a reason why you so can't bet on that. The the will or will she not wear fringe would be like minus ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, goodness, yeah. goodness. All right, so our next one is an over under. So Americans love their beverages at football games. The over okay. under on the number of beers sold at the stadium is set at 120,000 beers. For reference, the stadium seats roughly 70,000 fans. I was just looking that up. Do we think 
do we think that we're going to go over or under 120,000 beers sold at the Super Bowl? Over. Mm. Over? We got an over. Hey, Bruce, do you go? I'm doing some math. I'm going over. I think that like if everybody buys a beer, not everybody's going to buy a beer, but the ones that that are buying beers going to be buying multiple beers. And I think of right. 76, I think I saw it was like 76 and some change. I'm going to go ahead and say probably 55, maybe 60,000 of them are going to buy at least one beer. And of that 50, 60,000, probably 40 are going to buy two beers or more. I'm going right. over all day. So simple calculations. You said 120,000, correct? 120,000. Where's that? That's the line. If you say 76,000 people are there, mm-hmm. that's 1.6 beverages per person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go under. Ooh. For I want to dissent a little. I'm going to be honest with you. I, want, I don't want us all going chalk here. But also, when you go to the Super Bowl, it's not like going to a college football game. Or it's not like going to a regular run-of-the-mill regular season game. I feel like if I'm at the Super Bowl, I'm not wanting to miss any of the Super Bowl. So, yes, mm-hmm. maybe everybody goes and gets two at a time. But mm-hmm. I'm not getting up and down out of the seat. I'm going to go under partly for dissent, part for just importance of wanting to watch the game and the festivities. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So we got an under. We got two overs and an under. Um, I got two more for us that I think would be pretty good. Um, next, over under on Taylor Swift appearances on your television during the Super Bowl. Okay. The line is set at five and a half, meaning that Taylor will be shown on your TV five and a half times throughout the broadcast. Drew, Halen, I have gone first the last couple. You're up first on this one. Over, under, five and a half Taylor Swift appearances. Um, So, five and a half divided by 60 minutes of game time would be roughly Taylor Swift being put <laughs> on the screen every 11 minutes of game time. So, once a quarter. Mm-hmm. Once and a this quarter, doesn't count commercials. So, she'll probably end some commercials. I'm going to put that as a sidebar. This is Yeah, like that's not, that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Um, for... For the sake of my stance so far, I hope it smashes the over. I'm talking, <laughs> I hope it's five and a half in the first half. I want Taylor Swift on that screen during game time as much as possible. And I hope the Chiefs are just drilling the 49ers while Taylor Swift is sharing time on the television with the football game. That's what I want to, to make everybody just – I hope there are people – they showed Taylor Swift so much that people swear off the NFL like they did during the Kaepernick days. Like, ah, I'm not watching the NFL no more because Kaepernick. Like, Listen, I want that level rage from people. YouTube TV has the opportunity to do the funniest thing because, right, they have that feature where you can play two games at the same time. Uh-huh. YouTube TV could have the Super Bowl and a Taylor Swift cam. You just watch Taylor the entire watch Taylor oh, watch yeah. the game she the would entire never time. Agree to that, though. No. But it's yeah. like those kids who watch other people play Fortnite on YouTube all the time. My nephews watch mm-hmm. that crap all the time. You watch other people play games. Well, they should set up a camera that watches Taylor Swift watch the game. <laughs> I watch it. <laughs> I know I'd you would. It. Just to twist the knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no vested interest in this. And so yeah. I've said on this show for two years now that I'm just a fan of mm. absolute anarchy. Sure. And so bring it on. I'm, I'm hammering the over five and a half on Taylor Swift. I just don't get the hype though. Like I just, I mean, there have been more artists that have dated football players 
Why is this so big? But there's never been an icon of Taylor Swift's level. The magnitude mm. of her. Yeah. She is bigger than the, she's like Drew. Drew said like the NFL might be the b- biggest brand in the world and Taylor Swift might be 1A. Like and it's just the sheer magnitude and the vitriol and the hive mentality that her fans have to where I the only thing I can compare it to and it is to a lesser degree than Swifties is like barstool bros like where they will just flood mentions they will abs- they will take down Twitter to defend barstool and it's the same thing Swifties do where they are they have that pack mentality and they come in the millions to where if you if Taylor Swift puts out a cryptic tweet they are investigating and if somebody dogs Taylor Swift they are just burning her yeah. own houses yeah. like it's so, a Haley, pack mentality over under to you five and a half appearances by Taylor Swift uh I'm gonna say under under because that she there's also a chance she doesn't make the game no oh, she's making it that's not a that's not an option. I'll bet you well, I'll bet you hundred dollars fourth that graders right informed me that there was a possible wedding at the Las Vegas oh, <laughs> something goodness. or other for free. I said uh if if they win or whatever and I was thinking they don't need a free wedding. They're no. millionaires. <laughs> yeah, there's a, maybe it's like I don't there's know. a prop bet of Will Taylor Swift, uh let's see. Will will, they, uh, will he propose? Will he propose? Yeah. Right. Oh, I hope not. It'd be so cheesy. Yeah, there's so many but around her. Like, will she be the other half of this relationship, though, for just for a second? You don't think that Travis Kelsey, his whole life, I mean, yeah, Travis Kelsey, his whole life has just dreamt of dropping down on a knee in a football stadium to propose oh, yeah. to his well, girl. Hey, like, he's listen, an ultimate meathead. I the odds about that, him. Is he a part of this relationship? <laughs> <laughs> they like a, a, part a of quarter it? of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the odds on that, uh, the odds t- Travis Kelsey proposes to Taylor Swift are plus 820 for yes, yeah. minus 2,000 for no. Yeah, I'm hammering the no on that one. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna 100%. agree with Drew. Rusty, that's not over or under five and a half. Uh, I'm gonna say over. They're gonna show her consistently, especially if the Chiefs are winning. I'm gonna hit the over as well. I think, I think they will. No. Um, there's so many other great ones that we could do about temperature at kickoff, all that, but there's one that kind of stands the test of time that happens every year, and it's one of the more famous. Uh, here it is, one of the more famous prop bets in Super Bowl history. It's one you can bet on every single year, and it's one that I feel like for a time honored tradition that we should. When a coach wins a big game, the team, uh, the winning team, goes over the bench. They grab the Gatorade cooler. They run up behind him and they dump it on him as he runs on the field in celebration. And every year, you can bet on the color of Gatorade that comes out. Now, there have been years where it's been water or just ice. It's been red. It's been orange. It's been purple. Nick Saban got purple several times. Like, what color? And it's not an over under, but what color? Do we think the Gatorade or the ice bath will be for the winning coach? None is an option, Haley. And we'll put that out there. Sometimes they don't do it. Not often, but sometimes okay. they don't. Oh, it's happening. It is. So real quick, I'll give you some, some, some context here. This is interesting. Since 2001, orange has been dumped on the winning coach five times, which is the most of any color. Blue clocks so in, in tied for 20, second. 22 years. 23 years. 23 years. Blue clocks in tied for second, along with clear water and none at four times. Purple, which was last year's winner, uh, was in a group with red, pink, since purple's now clocking at the odds on favorites. So, like, red, pink, and purple were kind of lumped together because they never happened, but it was purple last year. 
Okay. Okay. Rusty, it's your turn. You get to go first. I want to go not the odds. Not, I'm not going to go with the odds on favorite. I'm not going to go with the traditional orange. I want to go with like that that lime yellow, like that lime Gatorade. Yellow Gatorade is oh, my favorite. Okay. I'm going with it's the yellow favorite. Gatorade as the. It's the one when you're sick, when you're hot, when you're thirsty, it just hits, man. It always hits. I'm going yellow Gatorade as an homage to my favorite of the Gatorades. Real quick, um, honey, what's my favorite Gatorade? Oh, the most disgusting Gatorade <laughs> in the whole entire world. Cucumber lime. Oh, it's so, so gross. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, what? that's my reaction. Haley, I'm so sorry. The smell of I'm it so is weird. Here, look. So good. We'll, we'll so cut refreshing. him off the show. I'm taking you off the stage for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting removed right now. Yeah. <laughs> we have a new co-host of the Two Bus Sports Show. <laughs> How are you going to take Haley off? <laughs> so unfair. Man. No. Uh, I need a button to push. (laughs) Uh, For me, the first thing that actually came to my mind, and I think it's because of the Chiefs, is like I was thinking orange, and um, I did not realize that would be the uh, the favorite. I was actually going to pick lemon lime because I do love yellow Gatorade, and it's the most common good flavor. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm gonna go with the favorite. I'm going with Chiefs color orange. Uh, That's mine. Haley, what color do you think? Uh, I'm going blue. I'm Ooh, going blue. Blue Gatorade. Blue has happened. Blue's what flavor favorite. is that? Blue is uh, my favorite. Uh, what's it called? Cool Breeze or something like that? Oh, cool, cool Breeze. That is a good cool one. Cool Rush or Glacier, whatever it is. But something, Maybe something like that. Yeah. But no, that's that's my favorite. Also, it just mm-hmm. feels sporty. I don't know. Yeah. Blue's a, a, a in, in order. <laughs> in order. The odds on favor. Fa- <laughs> the odds on wait, wait for it. <laughs> The odds on favorite is purple, followed by orange, blue, green, yellow, lime, red, pink, clear, or none at all in that order. So yeah. uh, if, if it goes chalk, Drew or Haley will beat me out. But uh, there it is. Welcome to the Two Bucks Sports Show <laughs> with Marble Mouth Rusty over here. <laughs> all right, time to make uh, our picks. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're winding down the show here. We've been going strong for about an hour and 20 minutes. It's a special edition episode. We had trade deadline. We had Super Bowl, so went a little over, but we're going to wrap it up here with our picks for Super Bowl 58, the Derek Thomas Super Bowl, which is fitting that the Kansas City Chiefs aren't in it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll go first because I think everybody knows who I'm rooting for here. I'm rooting <laughs> for the Kansas City Chiefs. For some reason, Vegas continues to make them an underdog despite them having Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid. They are going for a back-to-back champion. I don't think that has been done since, I don't know, the Patriots, the Cowboys, maybe the, the Patriots, Patriots, the maybe Patriots Denver. Back to back early in the two thousands. Did I they believe. go back to back? Okay, I think. You know, this is not a research show. This is a sports show. So, <laughs> um, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs go back to back. They repeat to win fi- Super Bowl Fifty Eight, the Derek Thomas Super Bowl. I think that uh, Travis Kelsey does not propose, but I do think they live a long, happy life together. Uh, I would take the, I would obviously take the Kansas City Chiefs plus the number. I take a money line straight up. I don't need the point and a half, two points. Give them to me straight up because you're just a fool if you continue to make Patrick Mahomes an underdog. I guess a team that struggled to beat, they struggled to beat Detroit. They struggled to beat mm-hmm. Green Bay. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no business in Kansas City being a dog here. Yep. Uh, for for the record, the last back to back winner was the New England Patriots beating Carolina in uh, 2004, oh, and then yeah. in 2005 they beat the Philadelphia Eagles uh, to go back to back. The Donovan McNabb Eagles mm-hmm. and the Jake Delhomme Panthers. That was Panthers. Brady's yep. first two Super Bowls. Second, uh, his first one was they beat St. Louis in 2002. They beat the Rams in 02. Then they had a couple years, and then they went back to back. Okay. So, or a year and went back to back. So, yeah, because uh, we got that Tampa Bay Oakland one in the middle where John Gruden got his one super. Or, uh, yeah, John Gruden got his That's Super right. Bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Haley, why don't you go next? I'll let the first lady go next. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl Sunday night? I also like the uh, Patrick Mahomes story. Like, I mean, Drew and I were discussing his stats the other night, and he was talking about how he was relationship goals. Hundred <laughs> percent. I was yeah. just in here thinking, laying in bed, wow. talking about Patrick Mahomes NFL stats. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, back at the ranch, we lay in a bed. Dog. That's it with a button. She don't mean, talk like, much. I mean, his name is just mentioned with the greats, and you know, like you don't, you just don't see many quarterbacks that do what he's doing right now. And, and and so um we're going with Pat Pat and his his crew. Let's see what they do this week. There you go. Well, I'm gonna be the one oddball. Um, I'm gonna. Oh. I hate to do it. I hate to bet against Pat Mahomes because I think the Chiefs are going to win. I do. I think the Chiefs are going to win the game. I'm. We saying didn't that ask right who you're rooting for. We asked. But I'm pick. gonna. I'm picking the 49ers. I'm picking the 49ers to cover. I'm picking the 49ers to win. I think analytics is going to be in their favor. They've had some injuries on defense, but they have two of the best linebackers in the NFL. Um, I think they play good enough defense. I think Chase Young finally makes an appearance for the first time this year and makes some big plays. It's been so bad, man. Debo's healthy. Brandon Ayuk is so good. Kittle's playing good football right now. They've got Christian friggin' McCaffrey. If, if Brock Purdy can be a game manager, that's fine. Don't turn the ball over. Um, can that battered offensive line hold Chris Jones out of the backfield? You know, they've got some – I was talking to one of my friends today. Uh, uh, shout out to Kevin uh, here in Martin, Tennessee, one of my few friends that I've got up here. Big 49ers fan, lifelong 49ers fan. We were talking about some some injury concerns at safety, which make him real nervous with Pat Mahomes spreading the ball around, especially if he gets flushed out of the pocket with Hufanga being out for the Super Bowl. But – I'm going Niners. Give me the Niners to cover. Get their first Super Bowl. It'll be the first uh, father-son duo. You had Mike Shanahan and Ed McCaffrey winning the Super Bowl. I think Kyle Shanahan and Christian McCaffrey win on Sunday. Give me the Niners. Yeah, I mean, if the Niners do win, it'll be a good story, and it'll be a real monkey off the back of Kyle Shanahan because if there's one thing that Kyle Shanahan is known for, it's for bungling leads in major critical Super Bowls. He did it in Atlanta. He did it. Uh, four years ago against the Chiefs in Chiefs. the Super Bowl with a 10-point lead with 11 minutes to go in the game. He blew that one. Mm-hmm. I just, and- for me, this this makes me think a lot about Ole Miss baseball, and I know this doesn't relate with everybody, but it was always like Ole Miss was never the team that could get it done when it mattered. They were always mm-hmm. good, They but they never could. There was like this invisible glass ceiling there that they never could punch through, and it you wondered if it was coaching or if it was just bad luck. And I think Sunday you will find out with Shanahan, is it bad luck? Is it that they just keep playing the Chiefs? Or is it because he just keeps on, you know, muffing the punt here? And nobody's done 
less with more. I mean, that roster is talented from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. And like they've had some injuries here and there. You know, they've struggled at the quarterback position, but their skill position, their defense has been more talented than just about any other team in the league. And yet they don't even have us. They play for one Super Bowl and they haven't even they haven't won one. Yeah. Well, and they they can't put away teams that are lesser than them. Right. Right. And so we'll see. Uh, I think it'll be a good Super Bowl. I think we're on. we're on tap for some good commercials. I think we'll be entertained. I love the first lady of country music, Reba McIntyre. One of the first ladies of country music, mm-hmm. Reba McIntyre, singing the national anthem. That just makes my little 90s heart just so happy. Excited to watch it's her. It's and, a and beat, I think doesn't good. it, Russ? Oh, man. Oh, it does. Woo! <laughs> 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 Redheads, right? <laughs> Something about it, man. Maybe I'll try Redhead next time. <laughs> I can tell you a name to avoid. So, uh, uh, 100%. as we wind, as we wind down here, uh, the Grizzlies are currently getting beat by six with a minute to go in the fourth quarter by the Chicago Bulls. This is going to be old news for you guys that listen to it, but uh, just know that that we have been tracking it and uh, look forward to everybody getting to listen to this today, Friday, February the ninth in the year of our twenty twenty four. I've had a great time. Uh, talking with you, Rusty, getting my beautiful wife here on it. It's mm-hmm. been an absolute pleasure. Um, I just have to say, speaking uh-huh. of Grizz, really quickly before you wrap up, oh, my heart yeah. is shattered mm. into a million pieces. <laughs> my guy, Roddy, today, no. I was, I told I, this, I've been broken all day. <laughs> I, I told the story on the show earlier today, honey, about how I bought you his jersey. Only for him to change his number and then get traded. So and then you, be traded. Rusty has I told, told me, me that I'm not allowed. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I said you can't buy her a Jaren or a Dez or a Ja jersey, <laughs> Gigi jersey, nothing. Like no more. <laughs> buy her, buy her a, a Zaire jersey. Maybe they're not getting him out of Memphis. <laughs> I mean, like I even have my kids going around singing Roddy, 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 Roddy. Like I mean, constantly. <laughs> so i mean I'm, I'm just broken that's all i have just to say. start the just replace it with jitty there so. we go i mean I'm, I'm not mad i i love i love jitty and so of 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 the wings i'm not mad that jitty's still around of our boneless wings as anthony Sane right. would say i'm not mad that he's yeah. still around I but get jitty I, with it <laughs> I love it. I love, I love, I love it. So it. <laughs> mm. Thanks for being here with us, guys. Thanks for putting up with us. Haley, thanks for lifting the average looks of this podcast by a million. <laughs> we'll see y'all back here next Friday, three o'clock. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thank you for listening to the Two Bucks Sports Show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of all things Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next time.